Welcome to Coffee U, the only podcast that provides weekly updates and expertise from farm to cup. We practice what we preach and we live what we teach. Let's start elevating your coffee knowledge with your instructors, me, Nathan Parvin, and Brad Haynes, proud president and vice president of Baba Java Coffee. Class is officially in session. Hello, coffee lovers, and welcome again to Coffee U Grad School. Nice. This season, we're learning how to open coffee businesses, and we're kind of leading you along the way and helping you start those things that are so much fun. As always, we have our Vice President of Operations, Bradley Haynes. Welcome, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. Thanks. The man who's in charge of all of our international operations, Joshua Parvin. Welcome, Josh. Josh, I think we can get a cafe in Antarctica at some point. Yeah, let's do in that. Antarctica. Just for well, all they, the scientists. They need, yeah. they need cafes in Antarctica. And we have a very special tea guest with us today. The architect who helped us, who we hired to do the Hoover build-out, Jared Bussey. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for being with us today, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate welcome, you Welcome, Jared. Me. Yeah, welcome. So tell us a little bit about, about yourself. You're an architect. What Tell us what that means. Great. Yeah. So um, an architect in general terms is uh, the design professional, uh, real specific training in college and at the graduate level to understand the design process, uh, to understand how to think through challenges and problem solve, but also understanding how buildings come together, how to design and detail structures, how to work with engineers. It's a pretty it's a pretty broad profession we we think of ourselves as being kind of a mile wide and an inch deep we know a little bit about a lot of things but maybe <laughs> not uh not a ton about any one particular thing i guess that's kind of the uh the challenge of, of being an architect but um we uh architects can can do a, a sort of a variety of project types from multifamily to residential to institutional and commercial work. And our job uh, really in general is to primarily protect, uh, sort of be a, a sort of a, uh, be involved in public health. Really oh, yeah. the, the build, the building codes give us a lot of criteria to design safe buildings for the public. And I would say that's our chief uh, concern and our priority is to build buildings that are safe from uh, natural disaster as well as you know uh, providing people a comfortable reasonable place to assemble and carry out business um, along with that we we design we want things to be beautiful and add to the fabric of cities we want things buildings that make money for their owners that's right and uh, so there's a lot of things we we do and need to manage through a process Sounds awesome. So, so do some architects like specialize in just doing one specific thing? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, generally an architect might be involved in a handful of different project types. It's really difficult to kind of do all of them. Okay. Um, it specifically, you know, healthcare, for instance, is a highly technical involved project type that requires knowledge of certain processes uh, from permitting to state approvals and things like that. 
that can be a challenge to translate and also do residential work, which is it's it's on the maybe the other other side of the spectrum where you're dealing with clients that maybe aren't familiar with any kind of design process. They're very personal projects dealing with houses and things. And so I think architects tend to specialize in compatible project types. Okay. Um, for me, um, we do a fair amount of residential work, but we also do, you know, a lot of office like commercial restaurant type things. Okay. Um, I grew up doing institutional projects in a, in a previous firm um, and don't, don't really do that work anymore gotcha. choosing to kind of specialize in these other project types. So I think that's pretty consistent kind of picking your niche and working within that. Makes sense. How long have you been, have, have you been doing architecture? So I was licensed in 2012. Okay. Um, I have been, um, I've been, I've been on my own. I've had my own firm since 2016 architectural cooperative and like I said, yeah, we, we kind of specialize, we kind of have our, our focuses and have done, um, have kind of really enjoyed doing that, that kind of work. Awesome. Yeah. When we enjoyed, you helped us with the, with the Hoover cafe and we enjoyed working with you. So we know, we know that that's why we wanted you to be on. Cause we know how good of a, how good uh, you do at your work. So, oh, that's um, great to hear. yeah. So do you know Art Vandalay? <laughs> I am very familiar with Art Vandalay. Absolutely, I, I get. Uh, yeah, I love those references. I love that uh, there was one episode where George was. Um, oh, he was protesting something, and he he made a statement. He always wanted to pretend to be an architect. That was <laughs> that's right. Uh, and so yeah, I, I take great pride that I was able to achieve that. That's right. George was striving to pretend to be. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have just signed a lease on a, on a space like we did at Hoover. All right. Yep. I, I, I decide that I'm going to use Jared as the architectural cooperative and Jared Bussey as my architect. Then what do I do? What's next? Hmm. So the, the first thing that we want to do is, is get together at the, at the project site. Um, I would want to see the space. I would want to hear from you what your goals are, what your vision is. You may not have everything figured out. In fact, if you did, you really wouldn't need me. But <laughs> I would want to know what your goals are, what, how you want the space to operate, how you see your use being implemented, like what, what are you, what's your brand, what, what kind of message are you trying to send out to the public. And then it's my job to sort of take those big concepts and those big goals and literally put walls and doors, millwork and equipment around around those ideas so that the space is functional and beautiful and operates the way you need it to operate for something for, for your type of use. Equipment is really a big, a big deal. I would say equipment and then like flow of people and flow of staff. Okay. How does somebody come in the space? How do you want to engage them? How does the equipment get arranged to serve them? Okay. And, or most importantly, how does equipment get arranged to serve the staff? And then how does staff flow? You know, if there's a roaster, where does that roaster need to be so that it's, you know, maybe highlighted and yeah. like a feature, but is also in a spot that really helps you with productivity. And so, yeah, we want, we start with big general ideas. Okay. We're going to kind of the, the first steps we make are going to be, uh, more schematic in nature where we're going to just 
planned blocks of space. This is where uh, seat seating would be. Well, first of all, where's the front door? Right. And then this is where seating would be. This is where the point of sale might want to be. This is where all the equipment might get located. And then once we have a, a, a good idea of general blocks and space arrangement, then we can really get into the details of uh, equipment, finishes, uh, things like that. Okay. So so you come to the space. We have like a consultation. We give you all the details about like what you just talked about, the flow, mm -hmm. the equipment we need. Some some very specific things about uh, a cafe that we need to think about is the plumbing needs and the electrical needs. How do we address those things? Right. Um, if you're coming into an existing space, you know, it, it could be in any, any number of configurations. It might be a space that's been occupied before. It might be a clean first-generation shell. It might even not be constructed yet. You know, your first interaction with an, with an architect might be, hey, this building is being built. We're going to go into this spot. Okay. Let's go ahead and start planning. And the condition of the space you're going to be moving into has a lot to do with how you address plumbing and electrical. I see. You know, obviously, every, every plumbing fixture has got to have a water supply. Right. And it's got to have a drain. And those drains are gravity-fed. And so you've got to be able to run a pipe from that sink or the dishwasher to the sanitary lateral, the sewer lateral that's in the space. Okay. And the further away you get from that sanitary lateral, the more concrete you've got to cut up um, and the more expense you end up having to, to outlay. Right. Um, I think, and it's in, in some ways similar with electrical. I think the, the primary electrical concern is that you've got the size service that you need for a cafe like like you guys do. A, a typical 200-amp service is probably just fine. Yep. But we want to be real careful that, you know, we want to look at equipment and we want to see how it's going to, you know, what all is going to be on the, the elect, part of the electrical load and make sure early on, yeah, this incoming service is sufficient. Um, a lot of times that can become an issue with landlord. If, you, if you're in that scenario of, you know, landlord promised to give you a certain size service, well, that actually doesn't turn out to be sufficient. And the earlier that stuff can get identified, the better so yeah, electrical and plumbing are two primary things. Uh, I will say this back on the plumbing. We want to be efficient and we certainly want to save a client money and we don't want to saw cut the world for no reason. <laughs> but we also want to balance that desire to save money and be efficient with what's the best layout. Right. And I think a lot of times people get a little bit too hung up on, I just got to save money, on, right. you know, first cost savings and, you can lose a little bit of uh, perspective on, hey, day in and day out, I really need a, a sink right here. I really need my espresso machine over here. And, yeah, it's going to be another several hundred dollars or, or more to do that, but that really makes us flow better and, you know, gets gets product out quicker and makes more money. And those kind of things can pay for themselves so quickly. So I, I would challenge people to kind of balance the first cost with long-term productivity and operational efficiencies. Makes sense. Sounds good. Okay. So back to the process. Yep. We, we've got all of our plans. We, you know exactly what our flow is. You know all the needs for plumbing and electrical. You know where all the equipment's going to go. 
you've done all your measurements that you need and you, and then, and then what do you do? Okay. So yeah, once we get to that point where we really know what the plan is approved and we know where all the equipment's going to go, that's really when the, the bulk of the design work or the drawing work really starts. So an architect would typically engage with consult engineering consultants so to get a permit for a cafe, you're going to need a mechanical engineer, a plumbing engineer, and an electrical engineer. Okay. If, if you're doing significant modifications to the building structure or shell, you may need a structural engineer. Okay. Um, but that's really up to the architect to determine what he or she thinks is necessary. Those consultants typically will work for the architect. Okay. And so the architect's fee should include the architectural design service, as well as the MEP, mechanical electrical plumbing. That's kind of the shorthand for it. Okay. And it, as you can probably imagine, the mechanical electrical plumbing components have a lot to do with equipment. We have to bring water and power and a drain to everything that needs water, power, and a drain. Right. We need to condition the air. We need to put an HVAC system in that's going to keep everybody comfortable. And so you really don't need or even want to bring in engineers until you've got all those decisions made. And so that that's when we, when that equipment's all laid out, that's when an architect should be engaging his or her consultants. We typically then just kind of go off and do our drawings in a lot of ways early in the process. A lot of those questions get answered by you, the client um, as to where things need to be. And then it's really just up to engineers to create the drawings that are needed for three things you need to get final pricing from a contractor you need to be able to apply for a permit from the authority having jurisdiction and you need to be able to build it so those 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 drawings that engineers do and that architects do are highly technical uh, they're going to be hard-lined with a cad program they may look a little foreign uh, to a, a layperson, but the contractor and the building official knows exactly what what's being put in with those drawings. So, so you take a drawing, and you take it to the um, to get approved, and it's always approved the first time, right? <laughs> oh, well, ours are, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we did Hoover, uh, we had to go back and forth a few times. Well, it was more with Jefferson County Sewer. Oh, that's right. That was the, the issue that's, we kept that's having. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, they were, so, they were, yeah that, that's a really good um, segue. There's With restaurants, there's going to be more than just one approval you have to get. So a typical mm -hmm. office building, you're probably just built by dealing with the city or the county, whoever has jurisdiction. But with a restaurant or cafe, coffee shop, you're going to be dealing with the health department. For us, it's a county health department. And then you're we're also dealing with the uh, – water sewer and sometimes there's the fats oils and grease department yep. fog that they have to approve the project as well they're really concerned with what's going in their sewer system and a lot of times they're going to want a grease trap if you're doing anything dealing with food i mean it's you know for ours i, I think it got a little bit silly requiring you know a grease trap to yep. to deal with with coffee but yep. You know, they say that there are oils in the coffee that they don't want to go straight in their system. And so we work with them. It's really best to work with them early in the process. Okay. And uh, we did have some some interaction early on with them to get some 
to get them what they needed. But even even then, during the drawing review process, once they see all the details, they may have some more questions and some more requirements. And so it's just up to the the architect and the engineering team to design systems that, that meet their requirements. Uh, an important thing to remember that can be frustrating is you can we can have a set of drawings that meets all of the code requirements, but the code is a minimum set of standards, and the code says that, and the code says that the authority having jurisdiction can require things beyond what the code requires. Right. And so sometimes we right. run into that where we've met the code, but the city's not going to approve the drawings because they want additional steps to be taken. Right. And that's within their purview and within their right. And ultimately, I think, you know, they're they're mostly concerned with public safety sure. and, you know, reducing risk. They're taking some risk, too. There's there's risk on the city when they review drawings. And so uh, we just accommodate uh, best we can and work with cities. They are um, they're on our side. It, it's easy to think of plan reviewers and inspectors as being adversarial. But ultimately, I like to think of them as it. it you know they they want a safe building that interfaces with infrastructure correctly, and they're also in some ways a safeguard against poor installations. They're going to come and they're going to look at uh, wiring and piping and rough ends, and they're going to make sure that they meet the code. That's also the architect and the engineer's job to inspect those, but right. uh, jurisdictions will as well. And it's it's good. It's ultimately good for the client. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna ensure a, a well designed and a proper installation. So we get all the approvals, and for us with Hoover, that was the main obstacle was the uh, the fog department, I guess. Uh, Jefferson mm-hmm. County, but right. yes, Jefferson County. Can you imagine? Hey, hey, Don, what what do you do for a living? Well, I work with fats, oils, and grease yeah, right. department. That's <laughs> yeah. very glamorous. Yeah, yeah it's very. Yeah. very. <laughs> but anyway, somebody's got to do it, and we're glad they do. Um, anyway, right. uh, so, so we've got all the approvals and then, and then that, what, is that it? We, we build out starts then, right? Yeah. We, we start the build out. We send it, we hand that over to the contractor. Is mm-hmm. that, is that how it works? Yeah. So during, you know, while things are being, um, permitted and reviewed, you know, a contractor, they, a contractor may have already put together a final number for you. I or sometimes that can happen concurrently with drawing review, but okay. a contractor is going to go through all the drawings and he or she is going to put together a final contract number. They're going to, they're going to price all the different trades with different subcontractors. Um, most general contractors don't self-perform a whole lot. Right. They're called contractors for a reason. They're right. writing contracts with other people to do the work. Right. And so they, um, they may have trades that they like to work with on every job, one particular plumber, one particular electrician. They may shop those trades. They may get three numbers from three different electricians and pick the low guy. Um, a lot of that can be up to them and how they like to operate. Sure. Um, a client certainly can have some say in who does the work. If the client knows of a particular plumber they want to work with, they can talk to general contractor and say, Hey, I'd like to use triple uh, a plumbing on this job. And as long as contractors comfortable with how they're bonded and insured, maybe that's, that's something that can be done. So while all these permits and things are being reviewed, you, you are going to need to get a final contract number from a builder 
that's that's gonna that number's going he's gonna put a big fat contract in front of you that certainly identifies the price of the job of the project but also it's going to end up identify a schedule it's going to have clauses in there about what if there's disputes what if there's a work stoppage how are payments going to be made how's the space going to be left to you it's a pretty extensive contract and that will need to be signed and agreed upon by both parties uh, before construction starts but once that agreement's in place and once all the municipalities and authorities having jurisdiction have approved, then you can start swinging hammers and getting to work. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. And, yeah. uh, and then we have to pay for it all. That's, that's the, right. That's the really fun part right. for the owner. Yeah. So, um, so, all right. So I've got a question. We're kind of going backtracking a little bit. Is yep. there, do you, do you prefer when we were talking about clean slate versus like a, an existing building? Do you prefer a clean slate or a building that already has some fittings and things that's already been been in use? Yeah, to me, the the best situation, we do a good bit of, of restaurant fit-out work. The best situation, I think, is a first-generation shell space. So this is a brand-new building that is in, like designed by an, an architect and engineering team, paid for by a landlord, and, and it's essentially a white box it's going to have an, an HVAC unit. It's going to have an air conditioner on it. It's going to have an electrical, a main electrical panel at the back, and it's going to have a stub up for a grease line and a sewer line. And then finally, it'll have a water line service. So that's the perfect scenario where it is, a, like you said, it's a clean slate, but it has all of those utilities brought to the space. Uh, that's a fairly common way of doing things, but obviously you've got to, you're negotiating with a landlord on a building that hasn't been built yet or a building that may be under construction. And so you can sometimes have some say in, Hey, I need this size electrical service. Hey, I need this size water line. I need more than just a three quarter inch line. I need an inch and a half line. Right. You know, so some of that stuff you can negotiate and they can bring, then give you everything you need. And so then it's just a matter of, it's, it's almost like a plug and play there's even scenarios where the landlord doesn't even pour your slab yet. They may leave you what's called a block out at the back of the building where a lot of the equipment tends to go. And so you can install all of your below slab uh, drain lines without having to cut any concrete. You just, you just dig up the dig up trenches and make connections. And then you do a pour at the end, the earlier you can get involved with, the building owner and negotiate what's going to get turned over to you, the better. Okay. Um, sometimes you don't have a whole lot of say, but you can at least get your architect in the loop so that he or she knows what they're going to be inheriting, so to speak, and they can tailor their services that way. It's, it's no problem to come in a space that's already been occupied. Sometimes that can be a big cost savings. If things are generally where they need to be, if, if a lot of rough ends or in good spots, and it's just a matter of kind of putting in new equipment that can actually be a little bit cheaper. On the other side of that, it could be more expensive. If nothing's in the right place and right. you're having to do a, bit, a lot of demo, right. then it becomes a lot more arduous. So that's um, it, it really is kind of job to job, but I would say kind of a clean slate is generally the easiest thing to, to manage. It's like an Uber, we had. A lot of concrete to dig through to yes, get that 
It was mostly the grease track. Yeah, for the grease it, line. It was the main <laughs> grease line, yeah. That was the most that was the main thing we had to yeah. do. Yeah, really. Yeah, see, y'all. So y'all inherited. Y'all moved into a retail spot, That's which right, had correct. like one restroom, maybe two. We had one. No, no plumbing. No, there was any, one sink. anywhere towards the middle or front of the space, and so it was such a different use. It that that becomes a lot more arduous to retrofit, right. you know, a non-restaurant space into being a restaurant space. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, we learned a lot from that experience. Yes, we did. <laughs> right. Right. Well, Jared, thank you so much for being yeah, with us so today. Much, Jared. You, yeah. It was very super, super, super informative very, and yeah. um, educational it, for sure. It's very educational to help help people to understand what it what it entails when you're when you're talking about using arch- architectural services and doing the build out. And uh, we we really had a good experience with you, Jared, when when we did Hoover, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate the design work and and how beautiful you made the space and very practical. So thanks so much for all you did for us. We look forward to working with you in the future. Absolutely. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed working with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to, to do work for you and certainly enjoyed the conversation today. I hope it was somewhat useful and enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. And sure it will be. Yeah. Look forward to the future. Absolutely. Well, thanks again and hope you have a great day and, and uh, Lord bless you and uh, best, best of all to you. So thanks so much. See you, Jared. Thank you guys. Thank I'll you. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right.